and welcome to the Reorg Europe podcast, your weekly roundup of the most interesting trends and developments in performing credit, stressed and distressed, restructuring and post-reorg in the European and CMEA markets. It's Tuesday, November 28th, and I'm Andrew Ross. Coming up this week, we'll be discussing J-Crew blocker trends in European high-yield bonds. Then we'll run through the key highlights from the primary market this past week. But first, we're going to delve into two topical names among distressed investors and restructuring advisors in Italy. Iolo, the wireless communications and broadband provider, and OpenFiber, the fiber network provider. Hi Farouk, you recently wrote about Italian broadband operator OpenFiber. Can you tell us what's happening there? Yes, we have just published an update on Open Fiber after our colleagues confirmed that bank lenders have hired PGT partners for debt talks with the company. We understand Open Fiber needs additional funding to support its ambitious network expansion plan, and it is working with Lazard and White and Case, as we reported previously. So this new funding need is the focus of discussions as it exceeds the amount they previously agreed. All right. So how much funding do they need and where is it going to come from? I mean, are lenders supportive? Well, the funding needs could be around 2 billion euros, but the banks uh, expect Open Fiber's shareholders to also contribute new money to the business. And for those who don't know, um, the company is 60% owned by CDP Equity, which is controlled by Italian government. And the remaining 40% is owned by Macquarie Asset Management. Um, We also understand that some international lenders, which are part of the syndicate, are exploring exit but the debt has not traded yet. This is interesting. And why are the lenders concerned? So back in 2021, the company entered a 7 billion deal to refinance the previous project financing of uh, 4.1 billion and support its business plan for the period covering uh, 2022 to 2031. Uh, The business plan required a total 11 billion in investment, comprising 7.2 billion bank financing, as well as equity and cash generation. However, macroeconomic conditions have significantly changed since the financing was granted. The war in Ukraine, rise in uh, raw material costs uh, and supply chain issues increased capex requirements for the group and led to some delays in the execution of the business plan. So the company is now aiming to agree on a new financing package with the banks based on updated business plan by the end of this year. Thanks, Farouk. You guys also wrote about another Italian telecom uh, and broadband business called Iolo. Would you like to walk us through the summary of that situation? Sure. Yolo is an Italian wireless communications and broadband provider which specializes in fixed wireless access technology or FWA. This innovative technology is suitable for network rollout in hilly areas uh, which are difficult to reach and therefore provides a competitive advantage to Yolo over other telecom operators. Um, however, FWA is an expensive technology to roll out and requires very high capex. For example, in 12 months to June 30th, Eolo's capex was more than half of its sales and almost 10 percentage points higher than the cash EBITDA of the business for the period. The company had um, about 30 million of outflows related uh, with interest paid and 26 million related with lease payments in that period. So it's a lot of cash burn. Uh, The company has been funding its capex through borrowing under the RCF, uh, but it expects to burn more cash in uh, fiscal year 2024. And we understand it will require new financing to fund its capex given its weak liquidity position. Okay, what does their liquidity position look like and where is the debt trading? Uh, As of 30th September, the company had access to 38 million under its 140 million RCF and 9.3 million in cash. Um, Iolo has a 375 million 2028 bond uh, quoted at just under 70. 
And what is the market view in terms of sponsor support if needed? Well, Eolo has a strong sponsor and partners group, uh, which acquired the company in 2021, and it is expected to support the business. We would like to hear your feedback to help us improve the podcast experience. So please take a moment to complete the short survey in the link attached to this podcast and let us know how we're doing. Earlier this year, spandex maker Lycra announced a creative take on a drop-down transaction in which assets were moved out of the restricted group for its existing bonds and used to support new priming debt, while ultimately it abandoned the transaction, instead opting for a more inclusive approach with creditors. Lycra's short-lived drop-down, along with reports that other stressed creditors on the European market may be considering a drop-down as a viable option for liquidity issues, has led some investors to put a spotlight onto their bond documentations to see whether they benefit from the protection that prevents this type of transaction from happening. Now, senior paralegal uh, from EMEA Covenants team, Aaron Spence, has taken a deep dive into assessing trends uh, seen within European high-yield bonds with J.Crew blocker protection. So, Aaron, how prevalent is J.Crew blocker protection in European high-yield bond documentation? Hi, Andrew. Thanks for having me. We've seen some form of J.Crew protection in around one-third of European high-yield bonds so far in 2023. This is a significant increase from 2022 and 2021, where protection featured in around the 10% mark and around 3% in 2020. This increasing number of European high-yield bonds with J.Crew protection must be welcoming news for investors, Aaron. Yes, while this is a positive finding, Andrew, it is important to note that just because a J.Crew blocker is present in bond documentation, it may not be enough to fully eliminate the risk of a drop-down transaction. This is because not all J.Crew blockers are the same. Each blocker should be reviewed in light of its own merits and defects. So in our latest Covenants Trends article, we've done exactly that, reviewing each J.Crew blocker in European high-yield bonds issued between 2021 to 2023 to consider whether the protection provided is effective at preventing a drop-down transaction. So what are the conclusions coming out of your research? Well, on a positive note, we've seen protection within European high-yield bonds issued in 2023 improve across the board. Now, in the very first drop-down transaction, US retailer J. Crew used investment capacity to move intellectual property into an unrestricted subsidiary to raise priming debt. As a result, the first J. Crew blockers sought to prevent this by prohibiting the use of investment capacity to move IP out of the restricted group. However, you can also use general restricted payment capacity to do this, leaving the door, if not wide open, then at least seriously ajar for a drop-down to still occur. Over time, J.Crew blockers evolved to cover restricted payments as well. Now, the first positive note of the year is that of all the bonds issued in 2023 with protection, they prohibited the use of both restricted payment and permitted investment capacity. Another common defect is known as the designation loophole. Early J.Crew blockers would prohibit intellectual property or other material assets from being transferred to an unrestricted subsidiary, but they wouldn't prevent a restrictive subsidiary containing those assets from being designated as unrestricted. This loophole was closed in nearly two-thirds of 2023 bonds, a significant increase from around 30% in 2021 and a complete turnaround from 2022 where no bonds contained no such protection. 
And finally, the number of bonds containing comprehensive protection by fixing both these flaws increased to nearly two-thirds of 2023 bonds from around 30% in 2021. For a deeper discussion on trends regarding J.Crew blocker trends in European high-yield bond documentation, please visit the Reorg website for our latest Covenant Trends article. Thanks, Aaron. Joining me now is Leverage Finance reporter Beatrice Mervolion. Hi, Beatrice. Can you tell me about what's been happening in the primary market this past week? This week, primary market activity is slowly resuming after a quiet week last week, with many deals funding a shareholder distribution or for refinancing and extending debt. Italian gaming company Lottomatica set final terms for its 500 million senior secured FRNs at 99.5 with an E plus 400 basis point margin, with proceeds earmarked to fund an acquisition. Packaging group Wiener Plastics has launched the 375 million euro term loan B to amend and extend its existing term loan B and fund, fund a shareholder distribution. Um, Energy service provider INEO has launched a term loan B to amend and extend its its existing loan and for an acquisition with a dividend to be funded by cash on the company's balance sheet. French insurance broker Kiris was um, marketing a term loan B add-on to be used instead of RCF draw. BCM Software held a lender call to market its term loan Bs for partial amend and extend of its existing loans. Cable telecoms company Charter Communications launched a $2.3 billion term loan B4 to refinance its its, uh, existing term loan B1. Um, Yesterday, Schoen Clinic launched a 350 million euro term loan B to part refinance its its existing debt. Um, Last week also ended with um, two small um, add-ons of 100 million each from Toy Toy and Dixie, the uh, sanitary solutions provider, and um, food retailer Euroethnic Foods, um, both of which are funding dividends. Meanwhile, Swiss tax refund company Global Blue last week priced a downsized 610 million seven-year term loan B at 97.5 with an E plus 500 basis point margin to refinance its term loan A and repay drawings under its, its existing credit facilities. Investors considering the credit highlighted that the company is still benefiting from the recovery from the COVID-19 pandemic in shopping and international travel, with revenue EBITDA and leverage metrics expected to improve over the coming months. The group also has a leading position in its market. However, other investors were concerned about the impact of the economic downturn on the company, while at the same time support from pent-up COVID-19 demand is falling away. Investors say two single B-rated names are expected to come to the high-yield market next week. One or two further bond deals may follow the the week of December 11th. Half of these deals expected to be refinancings and the other half new money, one, one investor said. Two or three new loan deals are also expected to come to the primary market before the end of the year. One of these is likely to be for diagnostics group Synlab. Synvern owns about 43% of Synlab's share capital and has lined up a club of banks to provide financing for the companies take private. (laughs) 
Look out for Reorg's inaugural European Full Year Direct Lender Rankings, which we published in January, where we will rank the most active lenders of 2023, split across sector, market segment, ESG, and Europe's subregions. Also, don't miss our restructuring and advisor rankings, as we will move into the second year of publication. We also send out a weekly roundup of Reorg content ranging from breaking news to in-depth financial and legal analysis, as well as the latest podcasts that you can listen to and webinars that you can attend. Sign up to Reorg on the Record newsletter now at reorg.com. More information on all the situations and events discussed in this podcast are available on our website, reorg.com. We hope you can join us next Tuesday for another Reorg Europe podcast. Until then, have a great week and thank you very much for listening.